Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 66 is going to be from Genesis chapter 4 and verse 9. As God's people, we are our brother's keeper. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 9 says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And so we all know the story of Cain and Abel and how Cain killed his brother. And when God came to confront him about it, he would use this as a answer when he would say, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And God was holding him accountable to being his brother's keeper. Let's go back up in the context, up to verse 1, and read down through verse 8. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And so Cain rose up against Abel. He rose up against Abel not because Abel was a bad person, but because Abel offered a sacrifice to God that was acceptable and Cain's was not. We don't know exactly why it wasn't acceptable to God, other than, than Cain should have known what would be acceptable to God. That Abel offered of the firstborn of his flocks, and Cain offered of the fruit of the ground. The only thing that we can suggest in this is that it was not Cain's best. And God has always required the best. And so Cain became jealous of his brother Abel, and he killed him. And then as an excuse, he would just simply say, am I my brother's keeper? Do we often hear that same excuse today when people fall away from God's church and we don't go looking for them? We don't go inquire of them and we answer to God, am I my brother's keeper? Well, all throughout the Old Testament, we find this principle of being our brother's keeper. In Ezekiel chapter 3, Verses 17 through 21, we find this example. We find the example of being our brother's keeper. Starting in verse 17, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. 
Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die, because you gave you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sins, and his righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning. Also, you will have delivered your soul. And so God told Ezekiel that he was his brother's keeper. He was to warn his brother, to give him warning what God wanted of his life. And if he took that warning, then he saved his soul and delivered Ezekiel's soul. And so we see without that, without Ezekiel warning his brother, he would not deliver his own soul. This means that Ezekiel was his brother's keeper. This is repeated in Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 through 9. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear the word of them from my mouth and warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, a wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. The very fact that God calls him a watchman shows that he is his brother's keeper. And this is recorded twice for us in the book of Ezekiel, showing the emphasis that God places on Ezekiel being his brother's watchman. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20, we have this same principle in the New Testament. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to even hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them." And so we see this principle of being our brother's keeper. If someone has sinned against you, you are to go to them. And if they will not hear you, you take two or three more, drawing in more people into the fact that they are their brother's keeper. And if they will not hear them, then they are to take it before the entire church. The entire church is to be their brother's keeper. They're trying to get this man to repent, to come back to God. And if he will not hear the church, then he is to be a heathen and a tax collector to them. But the fact of the matter is, we are to be our brother's keeper. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus said, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to be in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. <coughs> and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we are to take the message of the gospel to the world. In essence, what this means is we are our brother's keeper. We are to help them come to God. We are to teach them to observe all things that God has commanded us. This is repeated in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. 
where it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Again, Jesus gave the great commission so that we would understand that we are our brother's keeper. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 1, Paul would say this, Brother, my heart's desire and prayer for God to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Notice that Paul saw Israel, his brothers and sisters, he saw them as someone that he wanted to help. He wanted them to be saved. He took the responsibility of being their keeper on his shoulders. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved. Dropping down to verse 14, God would say this, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And so Paul, telling the church at Rome, says you have a responsibility to teach the message to the world. Just as Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, to go into the world and preach the gospel, Paul says if you don't, then they can't hear the gospel. You see, we are our brother's keeper. As God's people, we are our brother's keeper. This again is emphasized in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of the Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? And so we see when Paul came to Antioch, he withstood Peter to his face because he was to be blamed. He took the responsibility of rebuking Peter upon his own shoulders. He wanted Peter to, be, to repent of the sin that he was doing there. He was withdrawing from the Gentiles when God had called everything clean. He had even told Peter that everything was clean. In the conversion of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, 9 and 10, when Peter had his dream, he was not to call that which God called clean, unclean. This referring to the Gentiles. And so Peter knew what he was doing was wrong. And he allowed himself to be carried away with it anyway. And he carried Barnabas away with him in this. And so Peter withstood, Paul withstood Peter to his face because he was to be blamed. He took upon himself to be his brother's keeper. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1, we have this. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Again, we see the principle of being our brother's keeper. If one is overtaken in a trespass or a sin, we who are spiritual have a responsibility to them. We are to go and get them. We are to bring them back. We are to be their keeper. If they can't be their keeper for themselves, then we are to be their keeper. We are to restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. This principle is all throughout 
the New Testament. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3, Paul said this to the young gospel preacher Timothy, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. And so there were people in Ephesus that were teaching false doctrine. And Paul told Timothy, again, the young gospel preacher, charge them that they teach no other doctrine. This is being our brother's keeper. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Again, Paul telling the young gospel preacher Timothy to be his brother's keeper. Instruct them. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Instruct them in these things. Help them. Be your brother's keeper. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, I'm sorry, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, that's the same passage that we just read. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, we have, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up to themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of the evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Again, Paul talking to the young gospel preacher Timothy, charged him to preach the word and to be instant in season, out of season, to convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. Why? Why was Paul telling Timothy to do this? Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Be your brother's keeper. Help him come back to God. Convince him, rebuke him, exhort him. These are all things which include being our brother's keeper. In Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, the Bible says, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in the faith, in love, in patience. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Exhort bondservants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. And so again, Paul talking this time to the young preacher Titus, tells him, but as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine and teach the older men, the older women, and everyone that's involved here. Help them and be a pattern for them. Be your brother's keeper. Show them how to live the life of God so that they can have your example to follow. Be your brother's keeper. Worry about them. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you.